this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebound and Safety. This week on the podcast, a little something, something a little bit different. Something a little bit different. We are going to play a recording of a keynote that I did for HSE Global Series Future Leaders event, where I tried to do a bit of a download of the Safety 1 and Safety 2 work that we've done, the new view versus old view, called How to End the War on New and Old View Safety. Let's jump into the intro and I'll tell you some more about it. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety. If you're new here, Rebranding Safety does exactly what it says on the tin. We're here to change the perception of health and safety, and we do that right here on the podcast, and we do that on YouTube. So if you're new here, hit that subscribe button and the bell and all those funny algorithm things that do amazing things in the world of algorithms and social media. Today, we're going to do a little bit of a different, uh, normal, different to normal Doing something different. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Today we're doing something different. I delivered a keynote not so long ago for HSE Global Series, the amazing, the outstanding company that runs events for safety professionals and stuff in the UK primarily, but they also do so many good events around the world, which has been a little bit kiboshed of late given COVID, but looking forward to Paul and the team to uh, to do well what they do that they do it so well so looking forward to that and i'd like to give a little shout out to a young man called elliot cunningham i believe um either way l this young man i've only met him twice no i had like two one meeting with him prior to february when we did the vlog of their event then saw him at the event and then spoke to him a couple of times after and then uh spoke to him for this event as well and he run this event and damn, he's quite young, but just like so impressive, so impressive. And we had some major technical issues at the beginning of this keynote um, that just were like, at the point he was like, I, I don't know what to do. And he just nailed it. He just pulled it out of the bag, got it fixed and went back on and just so slick, so professional, didn't freak out, kept me as a guest, as a speaker, calm and collected. And, and I just thought he was, he was really, really impressive. And every interaction I have with him, so impressive. So shout out to Elle and the team at HSE Global Series. Forgot what they were called then. Uh, before we jump into my keynote, I'm just going to give a little shout out to our sponsors. Obviously, being my company, we are sponsored by Project Meletium. Project Meletium is the community-based membership, which is all about professional development. It's all about making our profession better. So if you're interested in that stuff, you want to drive your development up the wazoo, you can go to www.projectmeletium.com and check that out. Or you can drop me a message and I'll get you in one of our weekly calls free of charge. And finally, just a message from our official sponsor of Rebranding Safety, Paradigm Human Performance HSE Subscription Service. 
Managers and owners of small and medium-sized enterprise are constantly spinning different plates. And nine times out of 10, health and safety support can be seen as an unaffordable luxury, which normally is fine. You normally dodge a bullet. And unfortunately, when things do go wrong, that leaves you pretty exposed and potentially in court, which nobody wants. That's just bad news, right? The cost of establishing a solid foundation in legal, regulatory, and industry compliance as well and embedding that within your company should really be never beyond the reach of any employer. And Paradigm's human performance's global mission is to make workplaces safer, healthier, and more respectful, where all workers are recognized for their contributions and their subject matter expertise. I love that tagline. I think that's great. Because worker DNA should be a part of your DNA as an organization, if it's going to thrive, a paradigm human performance have got a way to make that reality. Their HSE subscription service starts at just £99 a month. If you need help and support in meeting your legal obligations, then please contact them on 0800 566 8566 or email contact us at paradigm I'll put the links and the numbers and the website in the description below. Um, you can get hold of them if you want some total peace of mind. I'll also put their website below. So if you want to try before you buy, you can check out their weekly webinar series, which is outstanding. But for me, aligning with Paradigm just made sense. They are delivering this compliance-based service, which because they're hot professionals, they're hot specialists, has got human and organizational performance woven into it. So it's already kind of like decluttered. Um, so it just ticks all the boxes for me and just their ethos as a company and how they work and the team, it just screams out to align with us at Rebrand and Safety. So I'm really, really chuffed. And I really think that for those of you out there that fit that kind of SME um, kind of company, maybe you're an operations manager listening to this because you're sorting out safety yourself. This is the product for you if you want some real specialist support and that real peace of mind to know you've got somebody who's flawless on the other end of the line. So go check that out. And thank you very much for Paradigm for sponsoring Rebranding Safety. Okay, so let's get into this conversation. No, it's not a conversation, is it? Just me talking, literally just me talking. And there's some questions at the end, which were good questions, actually. So let's jump into my keynote on Safety One. No, it's not. Let's jump into my, do I even know what I talked about? Oh my God. Do, let's jump into my keynote on New view and old view, how to end the war. Hi, everybody. Really sorry about that delay. We had a technical problem that stopped us from uh, broadcasting to you. Um, so we are going to crack straight on now, not to waste any more time. I'm not going to cut James' session short, so we'll just extend the date um, ever so slightly. But uh, James McPherson is here from Rebranding Safety now to talk to you on how to end the war on new and the old view. So, um, James, over to you, and hopefully it will be good. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, right, hopefully everyone can hear me, see the screen and so on. I've just kind of been talking to myself for five minutes, <laughs> and then we found out we weren't going live. Um, okay, so how to end the, the war on new and old view safety. I think I'm kind of making this up as I go along. Um, this is just a collection of conversations I've had and information that I've kind of... Uh, picked up over the podcast and over just WhatsApp groups and reading stuff as well. So I am by no means a kind of safety historian or anything like that. So 
you know, don't quote me on all of this. This is just kind of my waffle, essentially. Um, so just I'll try and make this as quick as possible and try and save up some time for, for Elliot and the rest. But just a quick insight into who I am. So my kind of origin story, so to speak, is a bit of a teenage layabout. I wish I looked like that guy there, but unfortunately I didn't. Um, I wanted to be a journalist and um, or I wanted to work in theatre, but couldn't really spell and didn't really have much drive. So ended up becoming a chef and and then eventually found a career in safety um, and then ended up working in manufacturing, distribution, healthcare, healthcare and housing. And now the head of safety for the Glass and Glazing Federation, which is um, the largest trade association in the UK. And we represent the entire supply chain for um, the glass and glazing industry. So from the people that turn sand into glass all the way down to Bob's double glazing uh, that's, that puts it in your house. And what we're trying to do at the GGF is kind of develop this new view of safety, this new view of looking at safety in in our industry uh, from the position of a trade association. Um, some other stuff I'm doing, obviously, I'm the founder and host of Rebound and Safety. That's why it says I'm from Rebound and Safety. I'm also the co-founder of Project Miletium, which is a professional development community for safety professionals. So but what I don't, I don't want to do uh, is kind of sit here and sell. I hate it when people do that. And just on the on screen, they've just got massive slides that tell you to do stuff that help their, their kind of company and stuff. I can't stand stuff like that. And I, I definitely don't want to do that. Um, hopefully you got that joke because it's really hard to see if that was funny over Zoom. So jokes aside, let's get into it. So new view versus old view or safety one versus safety two. What is it? If you've read the books, if you've some been on some webinars, you know, oh my God, this is amazing. You're probably that guy in the suit on the left-hand side at some point that went, have you heard about new view? And then someone, we've been doing this for years. And uh, and you end up in this argument and then it just becomes this horrible tribalistic uh, event that we kind of see at the moment. The kind of context though, a bit of background to it before we kind of get into it is something wasn't quite right in safety. If we look at some, here's just one great example, common sense, common safety. Lord Young's review in the UK in 2010 recommended improving public perception of health and safety. So something wasn't right. The public had a poor perception of safety. And we, I think we kind of suffer from safety as imagined and safety as done. If you think about Workers done and workers imagine. If you don't know what that is, basically it means that how you imagine your work is being done is different from how work is actually being done. And I think we suffer from exactly the same in safety. We had for a very long time a huge downward trend in accidents and incidents. You can see that on the left hand side, bottom left corner. Um, that's taken straight from the HSE. Um, and you can see this since uh, 1974. We've done so well. A couple of jumps up and down, but we've done so well in bringing it down. So we've done really, really good. And I think we suffer from a little bit of safety as imagined when we think about 365 days without any accidents and vision zero. Obviously we all want that, but I think there is a bit of a gap in safety is done because what safety has done, unfortunately, whether we like it look like, is this, this is a messy slide for a reason. Um, but safety is done for me. Let's start up here on the on the left hand side, top left. Something isn't right. This is Facebook. Now, excuse the language, but this is reality. This is what people think about health and safety. You can get more done without health and safety and insert swear word, health and safety. And you can't really see this picture, but it's a bit of a bodge job of a scaffold. And then you got here in the middle. This is an Instagram story advert for an apprentice. Look at this geezer here. 
So they're advertising for people 19 to apparently 55, but apprenticeships, so entry level into a trade. And this guy's in some kind of roof by the looks of it that's been plastered, finished job, yet he's absolutely head to toe, literally in PPE. So kind of maybe this is the marketing team that have said, oh, we feel like we should be seen to be doing safety. So we, we have stuff like this. Is this safety as imagined? Is this what we want safety to look like? And we have that now. This is an advert, this guy running here, this is an advert for a large fitness brand wearing face covering, going for a run. But the WHO guidance, the World Health Organization's guidance is don't wear face coverings whilst you're running. So hang on a minute. Again, safety is imagined, safety is done. Or is that even safety is done? It's just how we kind of depict it. We as a company want to be seen to be doing some of this stuff. And we've had that general downward trend, but unfortunately for the last few years, we've had a broadly flat a broadly flattening of, of our accidents and incidents and our fatalities. It's the same every year, averaging around 140-ish. We had a good year last year, but there's a hell of a lot of context last year. Um, but unfortunately, we see in stress and depression an increase down in the bottom right corner in recent years. So actually, safety is done is nowhere near what we think it is. So we're in a bit of a dilemma there. Enter behavior-based safety or safety two or safety differently, or hop, or new view, or old view. I mean, what? Which one do we pick? What What are they? I don't understand. And that's kind of what most of us are like. We get to this point and we're like, oh my God, we need something else. And we might end up going on a webinar for behavior-based safety or BBS or new view. And then we're like, oh my God, or hop, or safety differently. And we're like, yes, this is the future. This is how we go. And we end up being a bit tribalized, I suppose. And we end up committing to that 100%. And that enters the arguing. So the hell of a lot going on on this slide. I'm just going to run through some of this stuff, but I wanted to put it on the screen so that you can read it as well if you wanted to, given this was a Zoom uh, kind of presentation. But let's consider the, some of the context to the arguing. So there's people on the new view side and people on the old view side. An old view is regularly considered to be behavioral-based safety, for example. And I think sometimes in the new view side, if there was a side, we don't actually apply the new view principles, which we'll cover in a bit, and which you probably heard throughout the day, um, to our own profession. We lack local rationale and we lack some respect for our own profession. And um, we call people stupid. Um, Carsten Bush does some amazing work around local rationale when talking about Herbert Heinrich, the Heinrich Triangle and the dominoes and how many people, me included, have said the triangle is stupid. You know, Heinrich was stupid, blah, blah, blah. We've got no respect and no understanding that actually what Her Herbert was trying to do at the time was right for that time. And hence local rationale. We we're trying to put ourselves in the shoes of those people. We can apply that same thinking to behavioral-based safety. I think we also need to consider that there's a lot, and I mean a lot of arrogance that distracts from the arguments and it distracts from the value that these, uh, all of these systems are giving us. But there's a hell of a lot of arrogance in this space. My idea is better than your idea. I think it's fair to say that behavioral-based safety was poorly implemented and not representative of how the current influencers um, talk about it. And therefore, I think it's misrepresented a lot. And a lot of the books that we talk about, they criticize behavioral-based safety. But based on my conversations with some people that operate heavily in behavioral-based safety, that doesn't really reflect on what they intended to, to have um, when they rolled out behavioral-based safety. So again, they kind of suffered from BBS as imagined and BBS as done. 
consider how you would react if you were the guy that was, or, or girl or, or person that was working in BBS for years and years and years. And then some other geezer just wrote a book saying how stupid it all was. You'd be, you'd be pretty peeved as well. And you'd probably start attacking that other side as well. So a lot of the times it maybe some of this is quite personal for some people. New view, in my opinion, is fast becoming what they are critical of, which is the so-called ex-safety crusaders that are just becoming new view crusaders now that are just bullying so-called safety one people. So bear in mind there that some of these people that are maybe on a, the so-called moral side of this new view is that actually they're just doing exactly the same as what they think that what they criticize safety one to do. I also find as well, a lot of us are just attacking the headlines without the detail. A lot of us just pick one liner. And a great example of that was uh, would be people are not the problem. And we attack that and we go, well, you know, Bob's an absolute pain in the ass. So people are the problem. And we do that all over the place without actually understanding the context, without understanding the local rationale, without actually understanding what that person wanted us to get from, from their writing or their model or whatever it is. And the other challenge here is that New View really is not kind of a system to implement. They're kind of concepts and principles and philosophies. But the problem is that we're all looking for a system to implement. We're looking for that one answer to solve all of our problems when, in fact, it's not one answer. So I'm just going to kind of summarize some very base level stuff of what all of these different types of systems are and some potential criticisms, if there are any, and some names that you might want to follow in that space. And my aim here is to just give you an understanding of all of them, because as you'll, you'll find out through, throughout this presentation, I, I don't think you should pick one. You should just take bits that work for you out of all of them. But BBS stands for Behavioral Based Safety, um, and it's begun following some research conducted by Herbert William Heinrich, so Heinrich Triangle. And Heinrich's work was claimed to be the basis of, of theory of uh, behavioural-based safety. Um, and that holds that many as 95% of accidents in the workplace are caused by unsafe acts or behaviours. So enter BBS, which was to try and stop those. New view is critical of BBS because it's apparently based on Taylorism and it blames the worker. It's basically an ineffective stick and carrot approach. And again, they may be suffering from some kind of BBS has done and BBS has imagined. Um, because whilst a lot of that um, is what we actually see uh, from BBS practices, it's not really how the current leaders and thinkers in that space talk about it. For example, Professor Scott Geller, heavily recognized as kind of the grandfather of BBS, he uses the phrase, the environment defines the behaviors. Andrew Shaman, as you all probably know, he said in his book with Dame Judith Hackett that safety is a social exercise. These two statements sound extremely similar to stuff that we see in so-called New View. So there's clearly a divide here on what we think BBS is and what it actually is. I'm not here to you know, say everyone needs to be on BBS and support BBS or support HOP. Um, I'm just here to say... Be on the fence, people. There's nothing wrong with being on the fence. But some key names to kind of uh, follow in this so-called approach would be Scott Geller, as I mentioned, Tim Marsh, Dominic Cooper. Um, Dominic Cooper's got a lot to say and a lot of the time can be very passionate and uh, very controversial at times, but I, I still think a lot of the stuff he says is very good. Uh, and Andrew Sharman as well. So what's safety differently then? 
Well, this was a term coined by Sydney Decker and a group of other people um, in a so-called dark and smoky room in Australia, as John Green puts it. Uh, safety differently points out some of the key flaws in Vision Zero and accident investigations and things like that. And they have the kind of following principles that safety is not defined by the absence of accidents, but by the presence of capacity. And you would have heard some of that in the last keynote uh, by Matt. Workers are not the problem. Workers are the problem solvers. We don't constrain workers in order to create safety. We ask workers what they need to do the work safety, safely, reliably, and productively. A safety doesn't prevent bad things from happening. Safety ensures good things happen while workers do work in complex and adaptive environments. All that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, there's nothing in there I don't I don't disagree with, um, and and definitely speaks to me from my experience. But some of the criticisms that it has is that. Well, to be honest, Sydney can be very provocative, as could Dom Cooper as well, in their writing and their language, very um, attacking of each side, so to speak, which just gets other people's back up and we end up arguing amongst ourselves over and over and over again. Most of New View is heavily criticised for not telling people how to do it. And then to add to some of this confusion, in response to a blog post written by Dominic Cooper, which you can find on his LinkedIn page, where he asked the question, is safety differently really that different? Um, Eric dropped a clanger to say safety differently is still safety one. Um, so that just added more confusion to this whole argument. Sydney has written a number of books, so you can go and get the number of papers that are widely available. Some are uh, behind paywalls and some are not. Um, some other key names to kind of follow, John Green, Kelvin Gen, Kevin Furnish, Clive Lloyd, Ron Gant. To be fair, Ron Gant, you could put him in any one of these categories um, because, yeah, the guy's just a bit of a legend, really. Don't tell him I said that. Um, the Safety Differently blog or the Safety Differently website, so to speak, um, is an amazing resource and there's so much stuff and they do a really good job of breaking it down into different idealism. So you can go on there and you can click the hop page and then you'll get loads of stuff for hop and loads of stuff for Safety Differently and all the other kind of approaches out there as well, which brings me nicely on to HOP. So what is HOP then? HOP stands for Human and Organizational Performance, or in America, they call it HPI, which if I remember rightly is Human Performance Improvement. Um, founded and very and popularized definitely in nuclear power, uh, aviation industries. Uh, it's heavily used in oil and gas and mining and energy. Um, and it's developed from kind of human factors studies, which have been around since the 50s. And the human, the human organizational performance principles are error is normal. Even the best people make mistakes. Blame fixes nothing. Learning and improving are vital. Learning is deliberate. Context influences behaviors. Does that sound similar? Does that sound really similar? It does, doesn't it? That sounds really similar to the BBS thing. Um, environment defines behaviors. Uh, systems drive outcomes. And how you respond to failure matters. How leaders act and respond counts. So-called old views say that there's nothing new about this and that it's just BBS with a new label. They also say that blame exists. So how can you remove it? Um, so the point there is that the CEO of the company is going to be blamed. So how can we just remove blame? And sometimes there's things that are out of the employer's control. So you're saying don't blame them. An interesting conversation I had with Don Cooper, which I kind of get where he was coming from, um, but it was really difficult and it was a really interesting conversation, but he was saying, well, what if um, you had a scaffolder that turned up on drugs or drunk, you know, what are you going to do with them? Just blame them. 
um, you have to blame them. You have to fire them and so on. And my argument was, well, if you blame them and you fire them, then you're not really fixing a problem. You're just moving that problem onto someone else or, or someone else. But then another company might be like, I haven't got the time, the money or the resources to deal with that kind of stuff. So that's fine. And my point here is that they're all got good things that we can take away from. Hop's main name would obviously be Todd Conklin, who's written a number of books and he has his own podcast uh, called the Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. And to be honest, Hop, in my opinion, has some of the most widely available and free uh, information out there. For example, the DOE um, HPI handbook, which is absolute gold dust. You're talking like a few hundred pages of just information, how the Department of Energy in America have implemented this. It literally is a handbook. Um, some other names to follow, Teresa Swindon of Paradigm, who's heavily involved in, in the Global Series events as well. Her and her company run weekly webinars, which you can go on, which are heavily focused around human organizational performance. Jay Allen runs a podcast, um, runs a whole load of podcasts, but the Jay Allen Show definitely talks a lot about Hop, or his earlier stuff definitely does. Uh, Diane Chadwick-Jones, to be honest, Diane, again, is a really good example of someone that could just go across all of these, um, and most most could as well, to be honest. Uh, Andrea Baker, huge name in Hop. Sam Goodman runs the Hop Nerd podcast. So there's loads of information out there. And to be fair, a lot of these names kind of run a lost, uh, across a load of stuff, especially in the Nuvu side. Um, but my aim here is to just give you an idea of people that you can start to follow and read and watch and listen to, to give yourself some more ideas as to what's going on. Safety 2 comes from a book, Safety 1 and Safety 2, which is written by Eric Honagel. Safety 2 approach assumes that everyday performance variability provides adaptations that are needed to respond to varying conditions, and hence the reason why things go right. I will admit that if you're anything like me and you're not overly academic, a lot of Eric's work, you have to read a fair few times before you go, okay, I kind of get it now. Um, If you're really academic, then you'll you'll love this stuff. Um, He defines work as a kind of social technical system. Um, Safety is a system ability to succeed under varying conditions. So safety has changed the definition of safety, so to speak, which a fair other people have done as well. Introduces the concept of presence of positives, um, e.g. don't focus on only the one thing that's wrong, which I think Matt touched on again in the keynote we've just covered. And he's often credited with uh, work as imagined, work as done, but he's probably actually repopulized it. Um, I was actually just texting Adam Johns last night trying to work this out because it was hard to find out. Um, but you can have a look at Steve Sharrock's blog post, um, who does some amazing work, but his blog post on, on work as done and work as imagined is really, really good. Criticism of this, well, is kind of the same as the one before, but with some added points in that this is a move towards resilience engineering, which according to one uh, person I interviewed is just full of so-called snake oil salesmen. And they're telling you that there's nothing to measure. So how can we ever know they've done a good job and stuff like that? So again, the criticisms to me, a lot of them just kind of sit there and I'm just like, well, that doesn't really help me. Um, so the criticism I just kind of take with a pinch of salt. Key names here would obviously be Eric Conagel's written a number of books, loads of papers. Um, Stephen Schrott's blog is an absolute goldmine. Uh, free of charge, you go check it out. Uh, Adam Johns, as much as he'll hate that I put his name on there, and he won't admit it, but he is a very knowledgeable person in this space. Uh, and watch that space. I genuinely think he's going to be the next big thing. And he'll hate that I've said that. Um, 
This will also kind of lead you, safety two will lead you into the kind of complexity science and resilience engineering, which to be honest is really complex. And the only kind of stuff I've seen, I haven't managed to talk to David Woods yet, but the stuff I've seen from him is, is amazing. If you follow him on Twitter, you'll see some great little bickering between uh, complexity science and some other science. So at least we know it's not just us. All of these industries are all bickering with each other. So that's just an overview, a real helicopter view of what all those approaches are. My aim is that you just get to understand the, the kind of understanding, the basis of what they are. And, and you start to see, oh, they're very similar. A lot of these are very similar. So safety one or so-called old view is not BBS or traditional safety. It's in a nutshell, it's an approach that focuses on negativity and command and control. Really, that's my experience of it. And that's all I can see. It's just, I call it bad safety. It's just not very good safety. Safety two or new view for me is not some post-apocalyptic world with no view, no rules at all. Even though Sydney does talk about that stuff and he has looked at it in his uh, Woolworths experiment and, and stuff like that, where we're starting to see this is experiments. What would it look like without any rules? The new view is an introduction of a few additional and key approaches, in my opinion, um, that help us evolve and upgrade, so to speak, such as psychology, sociology, social science, resilience engineering, and more importantly, psychological safety. So which one should you pick? Well, I've taken a little quote here out of a really, really good paper, which I think you should all read, Safety Work Versus the Safety of Work by Andrew Ray and David Provan. Um, and I'll, and I'll read this direct because I think it is really, really good. Um, and there's a little bit in there that's kind of out of context, so it might not all make sense, but the overall tone of what they're trying to say will make sense. So the complex relationship between structural work and operational work has been extensively examined in other fields. But in safety, it's usually represented as a binary choice between structure, e.g. safety one, and agency, e.g. safety two. This is unhelpful as it leads, oh, excuse me, as it leads on to logical debates about whether different types of safety work count as safety instead of empirical, empirical investigation of which safety work activities best support operational safety. Institutional reform such as safety improvement is not a choice between conceptual, structural and operational work, but requires work of all three types. So what they're trying to say here is that when we read a lot of this safety differently or new view stuff, we tend to come away from that and go into work and remove all the paperwork and throw it all out. And what this paper does really well is say, whilst we do need to find a balance and understand what we're trying to achieve here to actually influence operational safety, those conceptual and structural stuff like vision zero being a concept and structural being your risk assessments, your policies and procedures, they do have a value. And this paper, if you can get it, go and get it. It's really good. Um, I do believe it is stuck behind a paywall, unfortunately. Um, but it is so good in understanding the different types of safety. And I think it really helps in this argument between safety one and safety two. So just to kind of tie this into a, into a loop with the last couple of slides, how do you learn some more? Well, books and papers, there is so much out there and you just have to dig around. Um, research papers and white papers, there's absolutely loads of them out there. You just kind of got to know where to look. The aviation industry is really good for that. And actually the, um, uh, the shipping industry is really good. The maritime industry is really, really good for that stuff as well. 
um, read books, but don't get sucked into the provocative language. Remember that if you're looking at research papers and white papers, they're kind of peer reviewed and they're, they're heavily kind of uh, proofed and, and read and and they're, 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 a lot of the provocative language sometimes is reined in a little bit. Books, anybody can write a bloody book and they can put whatever they want in it. So just bear that in mind. Field Guide to Human Error, in my opinion, is one of the better books to start with. Um, I do think he misrepresents BBS in there quite a lot. However, the message he's trying to communicate and that has helped me so much in my career. So I definitely recommend that. The DOE, Department of Energy, uh, it's actually the HBI handbook. You can just Google Department of Energy, uh, hop handbook, and it will come up. That is an outstanding piece of free information for you to get and download. And if you're weird like me, you can print off all 400 pages or whatever it is and have it in a book. Blogs like Safety Differently page and Stephen Schrock's blogs, absolutely amazing. And please, if you ever get a chance to listen to Carsten Bush and his work on HW Heinrich, Herbert Heinrich, the Heinrich Triangle and all that, I please urge you to go and do that because Carsten is doing some amazing work around that. Some podcasts to listen to. If you want to find out more, I've interviewed a hell of a load of people on this. So you can go and listen to that if you would like to. But some of my favorite podcasts, Safety of Work podcast, I think is really good for taking research papers and translating them into, well, normal English. So if you're anything like me and really struggle reading research papers, the Safety of Work podcast is the best place to start. It's always at the top of my list. Cautionary Tales is absolutely outstanding. It's not really a safety podcast, more of a social economic kind of po podcast. But if you want to learn about why things fail and systems and all of this stuff, it is so good. Uh, it's really high budget as well. So it's really slick performing. You're not so smart podcast, a little bit of a clanger I've thrown in there. For me, that's if you're interested in sociology, psychology, and things like that, that's a podcast all about psychology. It's pretty high budget, so it's really well put together, and it's just a really good podcast. And Nippon has just started a podcast recently called Embracing Difference, and that's a different one because you can actually watch it live as a webinar and then go back and listen to it if you want to. So that's really good as well. But really, the only way you're going to know whether this stuff works is just by doing it. Read a book and go and try it out. Listen to a podcast and go and try it out. Go on a webinar and go and try it out. And don't just stick to one. Do them all. Pick them all. Read a BBS book. Go on a BBS blog and, and, and just give it a go and see what happens. So how do you do this stuff? Well, you just start. You just start doing it and you give it a go. But for me, how do you end the war? Well, it change. You you need to be the change that you want to see. You, it, it starts with you. We can't change the people that are already arguing and we don't really need to change them. We just let them do what they do because there is a lot of value in dissent, which I'll talk about in a moment. But you can be in this and you can read these books and listen to the webinars you've been on today and listen to webinars you go on before and podcasts and so on. You can choose not to join a tribe and you can choose just to take the bits that work for you and move forward. You can choose to read all of these research and just learn every single time. If you watch someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, he commits 100% to an idea, 100%. This is the best idea. The second that idea doesn't look like the right idea, he is the first one to just walk away from it. So just be like Gary Vaynerchuk a little bit. Consider a local rationale. So this is from Carsten's work. I've nicked it from. It's obviously from other stuff as well, but he talks very heavily about and really well about just 
trying to understand what they were trying to say at the time. Why did that make sense for them at the time? And that works really well for your job in safety, but also it works really well for this argument. Why did that make sense to Heinrich at the time when he wrote it? Why did BBS make sense at that time? Or why does blaming the worker make sense for this book or that book and so on? You just consider that local rationale. And again, to bring up Gary Vaynerchuk, he is a great saying that I use all the time is don't judge without context. So don't judge the last person who wrote that book just because you didn't understand it, because it might work for someone else and you don't understand the context that, 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 that they had when they wrote that book. And finally, get comfortable with this dissent and diversity. Get comfortable with people challenge your idea, challenging your ideas and be comfortable you challenging other ideas and understand that actually having loads and loads of different approaches to safety is a damn good thing because I look at my industry and my job now and the trade association just in one industry, they're so different, so different. And they're all operating in different ways and they've all got different levels of maturity. And if I'd have just gone in there with HOP or safety differently or safety two approach or whatever, it wouldn't have worked for them. So diversity is a good thing. And cognitive diversity, all of us thinking a little bit differently is really, really good. So by joining a tribe, you're actually just cutting yourself short. And my, I kind of end this on the, my one analogy for picking a system is that you wouldn't go to a buffet and just eat the sausage rolls. You'd go to the buffet and pick a couple of things that you know you like and you know works for you. And then you pick one thing that you're like, mm, I might try that. Or two things that you're like, I might try that. And go, oh God, that's horrible. I'm not going to try that again. But the one, the other thing you picked up and tried, you're like, oh my God, this is lovely. And that works for you. So you would get a couple more of them and then you might try something else. So all of these approaches are just like a buffet. Don't go up and just eat one thing. Just enjoy the buffet. I'll uh, take any questions if there is any, Elliot. And thank you everyone for listening to me waffle. Fantastic. Thank you so much, James. That was excellent. Yeah, we have got uh, a couple of questions that have come through. So first of all, do you think each team, i.e. safety differently and BBS, need to actually back each other up with each other's positives rather than trying to put each other down? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and I think actually if you listen to a lot of the people that do the stuff, like if you don't, if you don't obviously listen to the academics and they, they do a lot of amazing work, 100%, right? But if you talk to the people that are doing it, like your John Greens, your, your Trees of Swindon and all of those kind of people, uh, Kevin Furness, I'm trying to think of all the bloody names now. There's so many of them. Is they all, all stay, you know, Adam John said this to me the first time I heard it. We stand on the shoulder of giants. So we have to acknowledge, we have to give a hat tip. And I think that's what Carsten Bush does really well is acknowledge, say, thank you very much for that work. It's really helped us. And, and I really like this and I really like this, but that doesn't work for me. So I'm just going to, going to, I'm going to remove that and try something else. But definitely I, my, my grandma used to say, I ain't got nothing good to say. Don't say anything at all. Exactly. We, um, it, there's a couple of questions come up in sort of a few different ways from a few different comments. And it's something I brought up in an interview for, agency network a while ago so so there's all these different theories and all these different things and people keep coming up with new versions or whatever but rather than follow up sort of your own or a set theory that people tell you and down sort of train track surely there's bits that you can take from all of them and almost develop your own theory for you and your business so there's a, people saying do you think it's a good idea to mix and match I think it is. And I also think there's nothing wrong with finding if, if one of them works with you, then one of them works for you. Like, so for example, if you go into like energy or oil and gas, you know, hot works for them 100%, but 
you'll go and sit and watch it and listen to it and see what they do. And there will be aspects of safety differently of resilience engineering. People are doing it anyway. So 100% find what works for you. And I think you'd just be cutting yourself short if you did go, no, I'm hop and I'm not doing anything else or I'm resilience engineer and I'm not doing anything else because, well, why would you do that? There's just so many other things out there that that work and, he, and even look outside of safety as well. You know, look at like social economics and how marketing use behaviors and psychology as well. They do it so much better than us. Um, and they've been doing it so much better for many years. So yeah, definitely just pick what works for you and then keep going. And don't be afraid to go, actually, that's been a bad idea. Back away from that and go with something else. Yeah, sure. 100%. And then, uh, so just another one, James, what would you like to see the profession put back into the workforce for others to implement? One defined system or a guide for each? Ooh. <laughs> Do you know what? That's that's such an interesting question because that's literally what I'm debating with myself right now in my day job is how do I get a whole, a whole industry to have a bit of a better way of thinking about safety? Do I just give them a whole new system or do I just provide them loads and loads of education of different ways? I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to commit to the one way or the other. I might change, but at the moment I'm on the side of just educating them on as many things as possible. Um, that's definitely what we're doing at Rebranding Safety is just trying to get people to understand as many of these as possible. Fantastic. Well, I think I'm just trying to look through, make sure I haven't missed anything. Um, do feel free to connect with James, obviously, on LinkedIn or follow his uh, YouTube channel. We post some great content all the time. So uh, make sure you go over there. And if you do have any other questions for him, let him know. But for now, thank you so much, James. And uh, apologies about the start. But, uh, no worries. <laughs> no worries. We had capacity to fail, mate. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, right, we're just going to break. We're going to have a really short break while we get Anna Keen on board. Anna from Acre Framework is up next. Owning your future, how to take control of your career in health and safety. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. Okay, peeps. Hope you enjoyed that keynote. Let me know what you thought. Am I way off base or have I absolutely nailed it? Am I somewhere in the middle maybe? Let me know what you thought. You can come and chat with me on LinkedIn at James McPherson. Or make sure you subscribe and all that malarkey. If you want to come and join Project Malitium, DM me on LinkedIn or drop me an email at james at rebrandingsafety.com. Um, if you just want to chat, you can email me as well. Otherwise, go check out www.rebrandingsafety.com um, where you can buy yourself some merch. You can work with us if you want us to do a keynote for your business like we've just done or some other ones that we've got up and running. Go check out that website as well. There's loads of stuff we can do. Maybe you're running an event and you want us to do something there like vlog it or something like that. That's the kind of thing we can do as well, being a YouTuber. Um, so please go and check that out. Go check out projectmeletium.com as well. Meletium spelt M-O-L-L-I-T-I-A-M. It's resilience in Latin. That's what that means. And don't forget to check out Paradigm Human Performance and specifically their HSE subscription service who are the sponsors of Rebranding Safety. Thank you for watching, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I'll catch you next week. Safe. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. 
No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson. 